0: welcome to the making of an exception podcast if this is your first time tuning in this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired to gain new perspective on life or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule the fact that they've gone through what they've gone through walked through the challenges and pain that they have and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. Hey, this is Kirk Graham. You are listening to the making of an exception podcast. And today we've got Kate Cornier. What's up, Kate? Hey Kirk. Thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, You and your husband, Chris, are somebody that my wife and I really look up to. And we love you guys. We've known you for the last three or four years now. Yeah,
1: I feel like probably about four years, but yeah. definitely the last three years we've really gotten to know each other.
0: Well, we we really look up to you and are inspired by just how you guys lead your life, your marriage, uh, the yeah, the way that you guys have been successful in business and everything that you're pa- passionate about and pursuing. You're passionate about the church, yeah. uh, and you are. Uh, it's getting cliche now. Hopefully not, but <laughs> you are an exception to the rule. That's why you're here. Thank um, you. And you're an artist, and yeah, your brand is your name. It Kate, is Kate Cornier, and so me. yeah, I'll let you jump in. Uh, just the art that you do now. Uh, kind of where are you at? The business that you're building, okay. uh, projects that you're working on. Would love to yeah hear yeah. about that. So
1: um, currently, my business sort of has two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, it's uh, Kate Cornier is the name of my business. I yep. Um, freelance as an illustrator. So that kind of gives me a really fun, I don't know, like I get to explore all sorts of different things with that. And I really love doing that. And then the other half of my business is uh, my own product. And so I've been branching into textile design. So it's a way for me to take my art and turn it into tangible products that can go into people's homes as everyday objects, which is what I'm really, really passionate about.
0: Like, um, so that's called textile design. Yes. So textile is, is... uh, cre- like creating products for people to purchase, um, but that have your design on them. Sorry, I'm this yeah. Like super no, basic. absolutely.
1: So, um, textiles is a really broad product. Um, but what I do, if you're looking at print and pattern design, yep. would maybe be a little bit more helpful. Yeah. Um, I take my artwork and I create repeat patterns, Got which it. can then be printed on different types of fabrics that can be yes. used for different kinds of products. So it could be, um things that I'm producing right now are like throw pillows and tea towels. Um, I have neck scarves. Um, yeah, I saw the like scarves kind of, yep.
0: and, um, and I saw or heard that you had done wallpaper stuff. I will be doing wallpaper. You are doing it. Is yes. that a secret? Did I just no, let No, it it's up? not a okay.
1: secret. It's not a secret. I'm working on that right now. So yeah. I'm really, really excited about that.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And that's what you're, that's what you're passionate about yes. is textile design. I just love it. I just I love remember, it. I remember so uh, in elementary school on like a, it was like, on the earliest computer of all time, but they had like this program (laughs) where you could do shapes and then it would automatically multiply that shape into a pattern
1: intro to repeat pattern. There you go, Kirk.
0: Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Intro to repeat pattern. And I loved that. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can make like a bird, but then the bird would like be flipped and then flipped again. And then you could do two different colors and it became that's a pattern. so cool.
1: Yeah, so I do a lot that's of that. That's what you do.
0: In my mind, that's your yeah. life.
1: So, like, I paint pictures or shapes or things like that, and I yeah. put them into um, Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. Yep. And they have a pattern function, which is great, that actually came out recently. So, really? Yeah, so it just shows me the repeat, and I can, like, arrange things and...
0: Edit the repeat. Yeah, edit the repeat that. and that's awesome is is there uh is there uh, a lane within textile design or a product specifically you said you're excited about wallpaper but uh something that you'd like to do one day or that would be like if you ever found like a niche of product uh what would that Um, be
1: i feel like right now i'm sort of leaning towards interiors so that would be products maybe like like fabric for upholstery on i don't know furniture yeah um I don't feel like I've really zeroed in on anything. I've really kind of decided more of um, trying to focus on a market. So interiors Got versus yeah, like yeah, yeah. fashion. Not or just like, one product. You're not yeah. just doing throw pillows. And maybe more like residential interiors versus commercial interiors. Yeah. Um, cause there's different, uh, requirements and laws that you have to abide by for fabrics to be commercial grade versus in like, residential. Really? Yeah. So, um, hmm. for me, at least for someone like me starting, I think residential is a really good place to go because, um, there's a little bit less of that and I can kind of get my feet wet Yeah. and then maybe explore something else. But fashion's really appealing too. Like if I could collaborate with some designer on a, like a print mm-hmm. that could go on a gown on a runway. That'd be pretty, pretty awesome
0: too. You'll do (laughs) that. That'd be amazing. (laughs) So, so fashion is different than interiors.
1: Yes.
0: Fashion, obviously this is so basic, but this is not the world I live in. Fashion (laughs) is the clothes we wear. Yes. Interiors would be like home decor. Throw pillows. Yeah. Yep. And you're doing, you're doing all that. Couches. Scarves. And you just set a wallpaper and all that. So yeah, that's awesome. It's really fun. It's amazing. And on, on the illustrator side, uh, as an illustrator, what, what, primarily are you doing there? Uh, yeah. So I work
1: projects? a lot with event industry professionals. Yep. So, um, wedding planners, um, stationary companies, things yep. like that, where they have a client who comes in and wants something custom done. Yep. So maybe I'm creating, um, like a custom map for someone to save the date yep. or, um, pieces for day of, which would be like, menus and things like that. And so they want it to be illustrated. I worked with a client this spring who's getting married in France and had this, we like illustrated her whole website. I haven't seen it up yet, but it was just such, such a fun project.
0: Yeah. You so, illustrated a website
1: pretty much. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. So, do you do fashion design with illustrating?
1: Um, I don't do any fashion design anymore. I do some fashion illustration. Got it. So I have clients. L- what's that, the difference? Will, so fashion design would be actually creating or coming up with the concept for the article of clothing yep. that you're going to be selling. Right. So fashion illustration is just drawing a picture of it or drawing it on what they call a croaky, which is the term that you use for um, a fashion illustration model, which is like really a long, croquis? skinny, really tall and oh, skinny. Yeah. Yep. It's called a croaky. Um, and there's certain um, dimensions and things that you have to like keep, like their arms are supposed to be a certain length and proportion with their head and things like things like that. So yeah, so Would that's you, just illustration. So that's mostly what I do. Wow. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that's crazy. Illustri- fashion illustration is the opposite of fashion design, right? It's, it's like a lot of
1: times it's part of the process. I got it. So like, if you're coming up, say you're designing a collection yep. of clothing, Yeah. you're going to have like your fabrics and your colorways, and you're going to come up with these ideas for these yep. clothes and you're going to put them on a croquis. You're in a fashion illustration. To help you process out how it's going to fit, how it's going to lay. Yep. Right. And during, usually during the fitting process. Yeah. Um, so it's part of the process where now for what I do, uh, someone will come to me and it could be um, like, I have some designers I work with that will ask me to illustrate their clothing for them to like give to the press got or it. a private party will come to me and ask me to You're illustrate them in their wedding dress. Yeah. Got it. But in a fashion illustration, like croaky wow. format.
0: So. so if I was standing here in this outfit, you yeah. could do a fashion illustration of what I'm wearing. Probably. Not probably. I'm better at
1: drawing girls than boys though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's pretty basic. I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Yeah.
1: So I can I I can draw you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I we have we have prints in our home of illustrations that you've drawn. Um but uh well I don't know if you would call them illustrations. It's like artwork. Is that a part of your business as well? Are
1: they abstract pieces? I don't remember Uh, which pieces you and Kaylee have.
0: Pineapple uh yeah. you drew a pineapple Yep, yeah. it sounds basic it's the coolest looking pineapple yeah
1: it's illustration yeah. illustration um
0: is a lot of your build you know artwork is kind of this yeah.
1: really broad category that it kind of encompass yeah. all sorts of different subcategories of so you have illustration yeah. and painting and you know, stuff like that. I do a little bit of, do you actively
0: sell prints though? Is that part of your business? So on my
1: website, you can go on my website and you can buy prints of my artwork. Got it. And then I also sell original pieces. I do some abstract painting too, which I really love. So
0: how long have you been building this business?
1: Um, I've been building this business since September of 2013.
0: So the last, five years, if my math is correct, uh, the last five years building business. And you've gotten to a place where at least from what I can tell, and again, this is not the world that I live in, but you've gotten to a place of success and, um, notability locally, nationally, you've been having products in target, um, and winning different awards and opportunity to showcase at, I think different fairs and festivals, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in that world. Um, how has it been over the last five years growing to this? And it's only going to continue to expand and grow, but how has it been over the last five years building this business um, just on your own? And your, the brand is your name.
1: It's, it's gotta be the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Like just in all honesty, it's something that, um, you know, I think a lot about living your life and taking what God puts in your hand, right. Mm -hmm. And making the most of that. And I feel like God like put this in my hand and I took it really grudgingly. Like, like you weren't stoked about it. Um, I think I was excited about what it could be, but I wasn't really that excited about what it would take.
0: The work to put it. Yeah. In. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I think in my mind for many years leading up to that, I would kind of thought and started to play around with the idea of starting my own business, not really knowing mm-hmm. what that looked like. I'd always said if I went into business for myself, that I would do it with a business partner. Got it. Just because I know what a lot of my strengths and weaknesses are. And I just really felt like I would need someone else to come in and help balance that out. Yeah. Um, and it was really frightening to think about doing it on my own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been a journey, but really exciting, I think, and really I've learned a lot about myself and what I'm capable of. Yeah. If I push myself. Yeah. Um what my I started my business in September of twenty thirteen yeah. and my husband and I had um, lived in L.A. for six years. Yeah. And when we moved back to Minnesota, um, I was transferring with the company that I was working with out in L.A. for the past yep. several years. I really liked them. It was a designer that was same based in, out there.
0: Same industry.
1: Um. Yep. Yeah. Um, fashion industry. Same fashion. Yep. Um. And really loved working with them mm-hmm. and transferred back here. And a couple months later, they eliminated the position. No way. Yeah. So.
0: So did you move here for that position?
1: Yes. So Chris quit his job. We moved here at the beginning of no June. No way. Um, we had only said we would move back if one of us had a job to move us back to. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Chris got a job within 30 days. Yeah. Um, and then the next month, like a month after he started, you I lost was let go.
0: Your job? No yeah. way. Yeah. Devastating.
1: Yes. And, and
0: <laughs> it's very stressful. So that's when you decided, hey, I'm going to go into business for myself. What was that process like? I, you just lost your job. Well,
1: I mean, I kind of, I had some friends in LA that had been really supportive and they had seen things that I had drawn and some Mm -hmm. of the stuff I had just done on my own. And they had really encouraged me to go into business for myself. And I had Mm -hmm. always kind of just been like, no, I don't think so. Like, you know, especially LA is there's so many talented people in LA and it's this giant pond of all these really big fish. And I just was like, I just was really intimidated by trying to go into business for myself in LA. Yeah. So I think I, could, I kind of stuck it in the back of my mind that, okay, if we ever move back to Minnesota, then maybe,
0: maybe you would do it.
1: Maybe I would do it. Yeah. But when I was laid off, that wasn't immediately what I jumped to. Yeah. It was there. And I was like, maybe I'll start pursuing this, but yeah. I'm going to keep looking for a job. Yeah. So I continued to look for a job for the first six to eight months while I was at, still trying to start my business
0: yeah. a little bit. And did you pick up a job or did your business start taking off? What yeah, was...
1: I found a couple part-time jobs. Um, yep. One of the jobs was with a designer, and they were amazing people. It would have been an incredible opportunity, um, but I was working three jobs and trying to start my own business. Yeah, and um, that job required a lot of travel. Yeah, and um, I started having probably I think like right after Christmas or so, um, and this was the coldest winter. This is 2013, right? Remember when we had like 60 days below zero in like 50 days or something completely unrealistic like, like that? I feel like that's
0: every winter. But <laughs> yeah, no. Just me. So, oh, I, I was like unemployed so cold all the time. trying to
1: figure out my life. Yeah. Um, trying to start a business, starting a new job that required a lot of travel yeah. by myself. I don't love traveling by myself. I love to yeah. travel, but by myself that's really hard. Yeah. Um, and just questioning a whole a whole bunch of stuff and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life.
0: Yeah. You feel like you're like, what What are your conversations like with Chris, but also with the Lord as you're processing your calling? Do you feel like this is how it ended up? Kate Cornier yeah. building this business on your own. Yeah, I, I mean, from what I can tell, that's, that's God worked it out. Like, cause you're doing yeah. what you're created to do, but what was the conversation like with God and also with your husband? Like, yeah, not sure what I'm <laughs> supposed to do.
1: <laughs> well, I kind of felt like God, like we talked about, God put this in my hand and then yeah. they forced me to take it. And I was like, I really don't want to take it. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't get an interview. Yeah. I applied for so many jobs and I could not get an interview anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why yeah. can't I do this? I think another part of the the doubt was um, we had moved to LA so that yeah. I could go back to school and study fashion design. And yeah. I had graduated in 2009 when the market was really, really low. Yeah, And I was competing with experienced designers for entry level mm-hmm. positions. And so most of my graduating class didn't go into design after they yeah. graduated, I ended up doing sales for designers, which is what I was doing before I moved to LA. Yeah. And then I at least got jobs with some really great designers. And I felt like I had a lot of potential yeah. to keep moving in that direction and where I could go with that experience. Yeah. And then to come home and lose my job and to feel like I'm right where I started. Yeah. And I feel like all the effort of like moving across the country and going back to school and working really, really hard was worth, like was nothing. Yeah. So that was, that was really hard. And I dealt with um, depression and anxiety that winter. I went through a season of about two or three weeks where I don't think I slept. For two weeks? Yeah. And I just remember crying and not understanding. I like felt like I couldn't breathe 24 seven. I kept taking my inhaler. thinking that it was asthma yeah but it wouldn't do anything constant it was like a constant anxiety attack yeah and i had like i remember i finally felt like god told me to let one of the jobs go and so i the job that i had spoke of previously with the designer i was traveling i called him and said i just don't think that i can yeah i can do this i just have to eliminate something and this just seems like the right thing to eliminate yeah um and the next day I went into church and I don't remember what song we were singing. And I just broke down in my chair and I just wept. Yeah. Like I, like I could out. not stop crying. Yeah. And I felt God very, very clearly speak to me and say, do you think I can't take care of you?
0: Yeah. Cause yeah. I was
1: so worried because the stress of losing my job, like half of our income was gone. Yeah. Right.
0: Just by quitting that one job.
1: By losing my job. Yeah,
0: by losing, sorry, by losing the job. And so I had been trying
1: to find a way to make that up, right? Mm -hmm. And so I knew in that moment that I had done the right thing. Um, And then the following week I did the last trip for them and I ended up in the hospital in Chicago. No. Thinking that I was having a heart attack. Like I called the nurse line, you know, on the back of your health insurance card. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, I can't feel my hands. My shoulder hurts. My heart, like my chest is killing me. I'm shaking. I'm sweating. Like should I go in? I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. And they're like, you should go in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like heart stuff is the yeah. most
1: serious. I'm freaking out. Yeah. My grandfather's had three heart attacks. Everyone in my family has heart issues. How old were you at the time? Um, 2013. So I've been 31. Yeah.
0: 31 years old thinking mm-hmm. I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. That's crazy. And it wasn't a heart attack. No, but just panic. No. What did, what yeah. did they say? What did the doctors say? Doctors is didn't
1: say anything. I went into the ER and they just monitored me. They did some tests. Um, and you're okay. And sent me home. Yeah. Really? And I think in that moment, I realized what was happening, though. Like, when I was there and they were like, nothing's wrong with you. I was like, I think this is anxiety. And that was extremely humbling. Yeah. Extremely humbling. I think I always thought that I was above that.
0: Yeah, wow. I mean, just
1: to be honest. Yeah. Lots of people in my family have dealt with it. And I was not very compassionate towards it. So yeah. I think that really... I mean, it wrecked me. Like it was just, and I spent several weeks at home just trying to like recover from it. Chris didn't know what to do with that either. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, now do you feel differently towards people that obviously that deal with anxiety, but has God put you in the path of people that experienced that or have faced that? Like, is there any, what's, what's some of the good that has kind of come from that?
1: I think- I mean, for sure. I mean, all of us come in contact. So many people deal with anxiety and depression, right? Yeah. And what's great about it, I think, is more people are talking about it. Yeah. As something um, that's, I'm not sure if I want to say acceptable in the sense that we want to, like, view it as what we. Normal. We all have to go through it. Ideal, I guess. Yeah. But I love that we can have conversations about it because I think we find a lot of strength from having conversations with people. And um, I think for me, recognizing God let me walk through that for a reason. Yeah. And it brought me a lot closer to him. Yeah. And I really had to rely on him. Um and he humbled me a lot in that season. And um and now I can say that I deal with it very infrequently. Yeah. Um, I've never had like a full blown panic attack in the sense where that a lot of people deal with where they'll go through it for ten minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour, and then it passes. Yeah. Mine kind of comes gradually and then it stays with me for extended periods of time Yep. um so i don't know that i can fully understand that but i understand the fear and the mind game that goes on yeah and the the cycle that can bring you into a really depressed state yeah totally so
0: yeah i um i i would i would think that it makes you more sensitive or self-aware to those feelings like what is too much for you when you need to like be able to rest or pull back or for sure. Yeah. Like your overall health, just going through an experience like that. Like you're more sensitive to, uh, and aware of kind of what's happening in your body. Um, but that's, that's major. What pulled you out of that, um, into now you've launched this business and it's working.
1: <laughs> well, um, I have a lot of really amazing friends Mm -hmm. that are in the creative community here in Minneapolis that supported me at the beginning and would drag me to events to introduce me to people and say, hey, this is my friend, Kate, and she's a really amazing artist and you should check out her stuff. Um, And I think that community combined with, I mean, medication. I'm not on medication anymore, but there was a season in my life where I was and it was a valuable tool.
0: Anti-anxiety or antidepressant? I don't know what the Um, difference is, but.
1: I was on an antidepressant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For about a year and a half. Yeah. And what was mind blowing to me is the first day that I took it, I felt like I could breathe again.
0: No way. That's crazy. And I
1: had had an entire winter where I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that was eye opening to me to see what was causing that. Yeah. Um, and so it was a tool that I felt like, um, really helped me get out of the, the fog mm-hmm. and look at my life again and to start seeing the triggers yep. and to be like, okay, now I can wean myself off of this because I can see what the triggers are and I'm like a stronger person because of it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. It just, it provided a little bit of padding. Yes. Between you and life. Yeah. To yeah, figure out yeah. Yeah, those triggers, like you said. Yeah. That's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love I love the um the community that you've had that has kind of put you out there. What yeah. uh just real quick, what do you think, uh, for anybody that's listening, uh young artist out there, um, for sure your story and journey yeah. is inspiring building business, but young person out there, you talk about LA feeling like, man, this is a massive pond. Yeah. There's I think there's people in Minneapolis that feel like Minneapolis is a big pond with yeah hyper hyper talented people there's a lot um, of talented it, people here like, which is which is insane they feel like man this is a big pond I don't know if I should do it you know well what are your thoughts to that person that's kind of weighing it out like you were back in LA
1: yeah I mean I think well I think there's a difference between instinct and emotion but I, you know the phrase go with your gut yeah. Too on knowing what the timing is. Yeah, I think don't necessarily always trust your emotions, but um, listen to your instinct. Yeah, and knowing when to start taking those first steps. I've of never heard into that. Industry. I've never
0: heard that my life. <laughs> like, but, but I think it's great. I think yeah. we hear about people that make emotional decisions yeah. and how it can get you into trouble. Right. But we also hear about how people have acted on instinct. Right. And it's gotten them into success. Right. And so. Do you, do you have any moments like that where you like, or, or even just flesh out that a little bit more? Like what what is the difference between, is this my emotion? I just, I'm, I I think I'm passionate about it, but, but, and I'm excited, but is this going to wear away in five days?
1: Yeah. I think emotion is something that, um, people who are impulsive oftentimes will make decisions based on their emotion. Right. Yep. I think maybe an emotion can trigger something for you, right. And can spark something, um, I think your instinct oftentimes will tell you something. Sometimes it tells you things that you should be doing also things you shouldn't be doing. Yep. And I think instinct, you're going to be a little bit slower to make that decision yep. and instinct, you're going to be a little more cautious. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe if you feel like an emotional spark for something like, oh, I would really like to do this. This field really piques my interest. Like do your due diligence, like yep. start doing it on your own. Can I do this for eight hours a day for the rest of my life? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's a struggle for a lot of us creatives of things that we're passionate about.
2: Yeah. Let's um, just do it.
1: A hobby becomes your business and that changes a lot of things yeah. for a lot of people. Um, and your mental, your mental state has to be a little bit different for that. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. Now I totally lost my train of thought.
0: No, you're good. I, yeah. I think just the difference between uh, emotion and instinct and oh, you, yes. you explaining that. Um, I think it's, I think it's really great one of the words like in, in faith is peace. And, and yeah. what you're saying is kind of slow down. Yeah. And if you're emotional about something, you're doing it really fast. Right. I think you can have a gut instinct fast too, Absolutely. but to just process it a little bit slower. Again, I'm just, I'm externally processing right now, but just, <laughs> I do the uh, same thing. but just, um, slow down, but, yeah. but if there's peace in it, you can yes. still be emotional. You can be excited about it. Yes. But is there peace? There's things I'm emotional about, um, that, that I get excited about. Yeah. I know I don't have peace about it, you know, yeah. because it's a major decision. Uh, and I think that that's a good way to decipher. And yeah. it's
1: hard sometimes to determine the difference between your emotion and your instinct, or like we've talked yeah. about, is this God speaking to me? Yeah. Right. It can be really hard to figure out what the difference is because they overlap so often.
0: Yeah. Totally. You know? Totally. So. I think that's part of what you said is having good friends around you too, yeah. people that can speak into your life, yes. godly people, 100%. Um, whether it's mentors or just people alongside of you that right. are doing life with you. Um, yeah. Because I have people in my life that say, dude, you're, including my wife, who's like, <laughs> uh, you're starting 12 things this month. Let's just pick one. How about, let's do two. Let's we'll start just with do the first thing on the list. One thing, yeah. Or let's finish the last four that you started, you know, it's like... <laughs> Uh, so I, pre- you. I actually you. appreciate that <laughs> yeah. about my wife um, and I'm thankful for that, but yeah. having a good community around right. you. Um, I'd love to hear about kind of where you grew up and how you became yeah. an artist um, and the family you were raised in and all yeah. of that. Were you raised also in the church? It's 14 questions at once, but no, I'll uh, try to yeah. cover all of Tell them. Tell us about young Kate Cornier. Young well, Kate Cornier. Yeah, wasn't, you probably weren't <laughs> I
1: was Cornier. born in 1982. Yep. I am the oldest of seven children. No, I yes. did not know that. Yes, you got a, a whole crew. There is a whole crew. Wow. Um, so I'm the oldest. There's yep. three girls and four boys. Wow. Um, my I was raised in the church. Yep. I was raised spending a lot of time at church. My grandfather was a pastor in a church in South Minneapolis for yep. 35 years. That's so the I, church
0: you went to, or yep. that's just okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so I grew up there. Yeah. Um, and spent a lot of time there. We ended up going to a different church in junior high. Yep. But yeah, I was definitely raised in the church. My parents loved Jesus very much and wow. um, really tried to instill that in their kids.
0: Yeah. So. What did your parents do while you were growing up? Like their yeah. vocation?
1: Um, my mom stayed home yep. with us, as I think would be expected if you have seven children.
0: Yeah, totally. You right? didn't raise There's yourselves. There's a
1: lot to do. Um, and my dad worked in sales of their various um, software companies for most of my life, Yeah. Um, at least from what I can remember. Yeah. Hard worker.
0: Are all your siblings around Minneapolis? Probably not. We are.
1: No. Yeah. So a lot of us have left, but we have come back. No way. So um, I have a sister who lives in Mankato and she's the farthest one.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So That's it's crazy. really fun
1: to have everyone here.
0: Yeah. So holidays are insane.
1: Yeah, it is insane. That's yeah. awesome. And we're all loud. Yeah, Like when you think of the typical Midwestern, like Scandinavian that's family not, yeah. that's passive aggressive and really like quiet and polite, that is not us.
0: Are you guys Scandinavian? You know um, we're German, a, Scandinavian, German.
1: English. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. loud. Just mutts. And we're just loud. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. When did you start picking up art? Like, when did you find out that like, oh man, this is, this is a skill that I think is m- m- more than other people. Cause I think you know, everybody's mom tells them they're good, you know, (laughs) but but like, I think I'm good at this. Yeah.
1: Um, probably at a pretty young age. I mean, I don't remember a time where I wasn't drawing. Yeah. Um, I do have a really vivid memory when I was in about fourth grade and, um, I don't know, I'm sure every school does this where you have like a spring musical program. Yeah. And, um, they were going to have these like paper programs that they're going to hand out. And so they had this contest for people could design the cover like students could submit yep. artwork for the cover. Yeah. Um and so I entered the contest and I won. You won. And I was like over the moon. It was like the best yes. thing that could ever happen to me.
0: We we had a contest. Uh there was a new elementary school being built, so the school that I went to the, there was a contest to draw the the like the mascot logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they would you know they cleaned it up obviously right, like right like a little bit more professional but you got yeah. to choose like the mascot the winner like would like it's like could be the eagles could be right. The whatever right um i didn't win so oh i'm sorry <laughs> but well, i I'm entered sorry. the contest but you yes. did and
1: you are an artist as well well thanks i have I seen appreciate your stuff you're it. very talented well, i
0: appreciate it i'm gonna yeah you can go to kirkgram.com oh, and right. uh, I'm just buy kidding. a print <laughs> you can't buy a print they, those don't exist but i appreciate it no i love drawing and uh on my ipad just have the yeah. app paper
1: Yeah, I think I always, I've always drawn and painted. I never, well, in your mind, you're like, if you would ask me at eight years old, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would have probably told you an artist. Really? Yeah. But I mean, as you get older, you don't think. No.
0: It's just you knew that was uh, an option.
1: No. As I got older, I was like, that is not an option. I got to find something else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but, but as a kid, you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. I really like. I was like, "This is my thing." Yeah. So
0: yeah. through high school, uh, yeah. like art doing classes, art classes yep. super passionate about it. At mm-hmm. what point did you know this is this is what I want to do?
1: Like within um, fashion I... or like art, well,
0: like or... like
1: direction, yeah, for like just, just going yeah, to direction or? for life, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I so my husband and I got married really young. Yeah. Um, How so young? We were nineteen.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I Could, don't recommend it for everybody, but it was amazing for us. Yeah. So
0: you both I'm, were nineteen.
1: We both were nineteen. Yeah. Um
0: and have been married now for
1: sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yes. That's
0: crazy. I saw that uh the other day on Instagram. Yes. And or we how just many days? celebrated. Ago? Like not not as you listen to this podcast, but as we record, it was like a couple days ago. It was ago, yesterday. Right? Yesterday.
1: Yeah. It was yesterday. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank amazing.
0: you. Amazing. Sixteen years. Sixteen years. In three years you will have spent just as much time married. No. No, not in three years. No, yeah, yeah, in three years. Sorry, my math's off. Yeah, Tisle's making fun of me. Uh, <laughs> but you'll have spent just as much time married as you had single previously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's like three years from now. That's insane. That's, that's so weird. Yeah, and that's in your so 30s. Crazy. Yeah, and we won't even be 40.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So <clears throat> you got married at 19.
1: Yeah, so we got married at 19, and um, so we both... Took time off of school. We had been in school before. Yeah. Uh, We both done post-secondary. Yeah. Um, And then Chris went back to school first to finish school. And then I, I worked. Yeah. Um, And then one of the jobs I had while he was in school was I got a job at a bridal salon here in town. Yeah. Selling um, luxury wedding dresses. Yeah. And I remember meeting these girls and being like, these are my people. Like I didn't know there were other people like me. Yeah. Who like, loved beautiful design and fabric and art and like not just crafting in like a um, sense of like scrapbooking and stuff. Not that I didn't enjoy that too, but like who wanted to like know what else was out there in the world and what these designers were doing. Yeah. It
0: was like, like high fashion. (laughs) Yeah. Good taste.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think meeting those women really was like, I think, uh, A launching pad for where I am today. Yeah. Because I think they were really encouraging. They would see me like drawing sketches and stuff. They helped me put together my um, application project for design school. Um, And so then we decided to move to LA.
0: You, you, so when moved, we were twenty five, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Moved, yeah. So you moved to LA. Yep. Left Minnesota. Both of you guys are from here. Yes. Um, and to you moved specifically to, for you to go to dis- design school. Yes,
1: that is why we moved.
0: Yeah, and wh- where did you go to school, and what, what did you study specifically?
1: Yeah, so I um, went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Yep. It's in downtown LA. Yeah. Um, and I studied fashion design. So apparel design. At
0: that point, what was your goal? in life like start my own bridal line really yes to do wedding dresses to design wedding dresses and have my own line have you designed wedding dresses that have come to life
1: one one (laughs) just one yeah
0: and it wasn't yours because you got married at 19
1: no it was not mine yeah
0: Yeah. no that's awesome yeah that's crazy uh and so you're there for four years or you're there Um, for six years right
1: we were in la for six years but school was only two years of that i only had two years left yep um so I we I was in school for two years and then we stayed for another four, yeah, yeah,
0: crazy. And then moved back to moved Minnesota. back to Minnesota. What a journey! And you've been yeah. here now for five years. We're throwing out a lot of numbers. I'm just we following are. the path. Yeah. I'm just following the path.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. we won't look back at this later and realize our math was wrong.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody's writing it down. <laughs> Nobody's got a calculator. Don't out. take notes, people. Yeah, please don't take notes. Uh, no, it's it's awesome. I I love hearing the journey of one, figuring out, figuring out who you are, what you're passionate about, what you'd like to study, yeah. uh, building a career eventually into this business. I'd love to hear. Um, cause I know, I know you and your husband, uh, pretty well in regards to the way that you live your faith out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys love the Lord. You love the local church. Uh, you guys are constantly pouring into other people outside of the workspace. Also, I'm sure within the, the business that you mm-hmm. do, um, clients that you have, but, but I see you guys pouring into so many people. Um, how did you guys become who you are in that realm, in the faith realm? Um, you know, raising the church you said, but, but for you, you and Chris have, have created a a life that you have a certain level of flexibility, uh, within your schedules and within Mm -hmm. your marriage where you're not just doing your own thing, but you're, you've, you build out a lot of time to pour into people, which I think that's the coolest thing. You're not, you guys aren't pastors, you aren't vocational ministers, you guys run businesses, um, successful business people, yet you give so much time to the local church, so much time to people, uh, in mentoring and pouring into them, um, in different people's marriages. Why do you guys do that? It's a epic question, but yeah, yeah, why why do you live the way that you live in the faith realm?
1: Well, I feel like there's a few questions in there. But yeah. I think I mean both Chris and I were raised in the church mm-hmm. and in families that loved Jesus and mm-hmm. taught us to in the best way they knew how live for Jesus. Um I can't say I don't I don't feel like I ever was in a place where I was like, I don't profess Jesus. I always was going to church and, but there was a season in our life early on in our marriage where we definitely pulled back. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm not going to speak for Chris, but I know for me, I felt the hole in my yeah. life. I knew that I could be doing more for Jesus. And I knew that I wasn't living my life to the fullest of like what he wanted yeah. me to. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, So when we moved back here, why, I feel like I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Moving to LA, I feel like triggered something for me. A lot of people expressed a lot of concern as a Christian moving to LA. There's these, all these stereotypes LA is such a worldly place and so much darkness, spiritual darkness. If I want to throw
2: Christian terms out there, you know,
1: um, but I really felt like going there really made me decide what I believed. Yeah. Because you are accosted with all sorts of things that you're that are out in broad daylight there that are hidden here in the Midwest. Yeah. Right. So it's very black and white. Yeah. So you have to decide what do I believe and like what am I gonna stand on? Yeah. Right. Um, and so and then when we moved back to Minneapolis, um, we started attending the church we attend now. Yep. And I sometimes I look at all the things that obviously have happened in our life since we moved back. But I really think that God brought us back to be at River Valley. Really? Like I'm hundred percent convinced of that.
0: Wow. Cause you, like,
1: cause business you, aside, everything else. Yeah. I think he was like, I want you here.
0: Yeah. So talk about that. Not that it's a, just about River Valley, but just right. you. what you just said that God brought you to a place just to be a part of a local church, yeah. River Valley, which is also the church that I'm at, yeah. <laughs> uh, which people know that, but <laughs> that to somebody that's not living for the Lord or in a local church yeah. or view local church the, the way you do, that sounds crazy, you know, oh, absolutely. That, to, which you're not crazy. Um, but w- yeah, what has that looked like for you? Why do you say that? Like that God brought you back for this?
1: I felt like we got plugged in and we joined a life group and we said, we're going to give it six months Yeah, and we're but we're going to give it six months. No, I know. Four months. Yeah, Four months. I think we started coming in August. And yep. we're like, we're going to give it to the end of the year. But like, we're going to give it a fair shot. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that were kind of rubbing us the wrong way at first. Sure. But I'm like, we're going to join a life group and we're going to start serving. Yeah. I went to Sparkle, which is like, that's a whole nother story. I was, <laughs> I love Sparkle now, but I was. Yeah. Um, It just shows how God was working in my life that I went even.
0: Which sparkles a women's conference. It's a women's
1: conference. It's amazing. I highly recommend people go. Um, But where I was then, the idea of going to an all women's conference was my worst nightmare. It's like,
0: you're like, no thanks.
1: Like, I can't handle that. Yeah. So, um, but we're like, we're going to give it a fair shot. And we just never looked back. And we just found community here and people and friends that have supported us that have help me grow my business. Like some yeah. of the people that I run stuff by and the other creatives that I run to for advice or something yeah. when, cause I can't, I don't have all the answers myself. Yeah. They're part of that, like community. They're people that I've met in those first four months. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so getting plugged in there, I think realizing um, what we were missing Yeah, and realizing how it changed our lives mm-hmm. and our walk with Jesus, like Jesus just felt, so much more alive to me than he ever had. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to help create an environment so other people could walk through the door and experience that like I did. Yeah. You know, and so I think both of us felt that. Um, And so now we've jumped right in and, you know, we're able to serve. We have time to serve because- yeah. You know, we're in our mid thirties, but you know, we don't have kids. So we are like, we don't want to waste the season of life that God's given us. So yeah. this is what he's given us right now. Yeah. And so, and not that it's not hard to still, we still strive to find balance, I think. Yeah. Um, with commitments, but it's, you've given us this time mm-hmm. and I'm here to serve you. My yeah. sole purpose on this earth is not to be a mother, not to be a wife, not to be a friend. It is to bring glory to God. Yeah. Doing all those things can bring glory to God. Yeah. But so I think we're like, we have this time. So God, what do you want us to do with it? Yeah. And he's given us things and things yeah. that we're passionate about, things that we love to do. So yeah. And
0: some of those things have turned out probably better than you ever dreamt, you know, the community and the business and opportunities. Um, I love that. I love that you said there was a transition moment of the, the experience that you had that you guys loved and were attracted to about church and the community. There was a transition to now wanting to create that experience for other people. And I think a lot of people don't jump that hurdle. Um, and so, they they just go because their experience is yes. good. And then as soon as their experience is poor, they leave the church. Um, and I've seen yeah. a whole bunch. All the but time. when you jump that hurdle and now you're trying, the focus of church is not for me to come and enjoy, although no. you were enjoying it. Absolutely. Uh, and you love that experience. Now I'm over the hurdle and I want to create the experience that I had yes. for other people. Now when you go through like, uh, I don't know if I agree with that or the little right. agitations that you right. said, well, you're invested and in creating and seeing life change that God's yeah. doing through you to somebody else yeah. that can help keep you in a community. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying people got to be at the same church their whole life. I think God, no. God moves yeah. people for sure. Absolutely. But I think um, just as you were saying that, I think it, it kind of triggered in my mind is, and that I think that that could be a hurdle for people to jump over that helps them stay planted. And I, I just believe the Bible in that as you are planted um, in the house of the Lord, you'll begin to flourish. Yeah. Um, and I I view house of the Lord as local church, you know, mm-hmm. and local church can be house church. It can be church like we do at downtown yeah. River Valley. It yeah, can be in, you know, tight-knit group of friends that you guys, you're doing life together. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, being planted, I think, has an investment type of mentality. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. I'm just, no, I agree with just, everything uh, you're yeah, saying. I'm, I'm externally processing what you just said is yeah. the challenge of people going to church, enjoying their experience, but then when somebody lets them down yeah. or somebody doesn't remember their name or they don't enjoy the the music or, or right. something happens where it just sets them off, if, if they don't start providing an experience for somebody else by serving on a team or or being involved in pouring into other people yeah. or um that I think it's easier for them to just say I'm good this place was not yeah. for me you know Well I
1: think um for me um coming from a family that there are a lot of pastors in I think maybe it's easier for me because I grew up around those people and I know That's that they have faults yeah. and I have looked behind the curtain and I know yeah. that a church is not perfect and there's dysfunction yeah. there too but like if we're working as a unified team to like all become more like Christ, right? Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I also think of like the Maya Angelou quote where like, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Right. That applies to a lot of things and that applies a lot of times to staying somewhere. Maybe that you don't like everything, but get involved. Like you said, plant yourself there Mm -hmm. and maybe you can help influence that change then. Yeah. And that might be a season and then maybe God calls you to leave. But Mm -hmm. I think we both felt very called to the church that we're in and still feel called to the church that we're in. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't know
0: why I just thought of man in the mirror by Michael Jackson. I was going (laughs) to sing it, but
1: I don't know why I thought of Go for it. I'm
0: not going to sing it, but (laughs) uh, what a jam. (laughs)
1: Great jam.
0: Michael J. That's right. Nobody calls him that. (laughs) No. It's awesome. Uh, Well, you, you've been you alluded to it, but you've been married for 16 years and you said, um, that you don't have children. And right. I know, uh, I got, I know you guys well enough to know a little bit of your journey. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about this right before recording, um, because I would never want to put you on the spot, uh, in anything, but I think what helps people is not just hearing about the success, but also hearing about the challenge. For Part sure. of you sharing your business journey for sure has been, man, it's been awesome, but it's been the hardest thing I've ever done yeah. in my life. And you shared yeah. some of that, um, and I know that you guys have been on this uh, infertility journey yeah. and um, as much as you'd like to share about that, what has yeah. that been like? You've been married for 16 years. Um, what's the journey of trying to have kids for you guys?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Chris and I have been married for a long time. Um, we both had to finish school. Um, so that kind of delayed having children just for practical reasons. Yep. Um, but I think growing up in a big family, I mean, for me, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. Yeah. And I mean, I, st- you know, started having that conversation very early on in our marriage. The problem was we didn't have that conversation before we got married. Yeah. <clears throat> and nobody like told us to. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: You didn't, ha- you didn't have marriage makers. And we were
1: 19 <laughs> and naive and just, I think, assumed that the other person wanted what we wanted. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I think. At first it was like, well, we just need to wait a few years, you know, to get established. And then, and then something changed for Chris where I think he felt like he didn't know if he wanted them at all.
2: Yep.
1: Excuse me. I have something in my throat, but there was, that was kind of devastating for me because then I was like, but this is like all I ever wanted.
0: Yeah. So you grew up, you grew up in a large family, seven kids, and you, you've always wanted to have—you've you, wanted to have a big family yourself. Not a That's, big
1: family, necessarily. I just wanted to, you want to be, be a mom. mother. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: and then now you've been married for for a how, how many years? couple of years. And realizing— We're not on the same husband, page. Yeah, not on the same yeah. page.
1: And I don't—like, I think sometimes he feels like maybe— He's the villain and he's not, you know, I think he was just very content. It wasn't an act of anything against children. It was just, I'm really content with our life. Yeah. And by the way,
0: Chris is awesome. He's amazing. He
1: is better with kids than me. Our nieces and nephews flock to him and they just don't even know I'm around. Yeah. They call me uncle Kate because Chris, uncle Chris (laughs) is the best. So I must be uncle. I can't be auntie. Wow. It's really cute. Yeah, they love their uncle. They love
0: their uncle. Yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris is awesome. So, in, in no way would I ever think like, oh, no. that he no. It's but just, I think yeah, that's, a that's a struggle for way us to, to yeah. like
1: have that conversation and to not be in the same place. And then as the years go by, for that not to change for a while yeah. was really challenging. And to figure out what does our relationship look like, like, mm-hmm. and for me, okay, if he never changes his mind, yeah. what does that look like for yeah. us? And that's. That's something that breaks a lot of couples because it's a big deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It That's, is a big deal. Yep. Um, But I think both of us, even though we were so young when we got married, I think we both understood the commitment that we made to each other yeah. and the commitment that I had made to him. Yep. And it wasn't, there wasn't like, it wasn't contingent upon him having children with me.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Right. So in sickness and in health, right, good yeah. days and bad days, I love him. I chose him. Yeah, not the kids. We you know are made up kids, right? Yeah. I chose him first. So, yeah. um, and I think we both felt that way. Um, so we didn't start trying to have kids till we were had been married for about nine years. So yeah. we were twenty eight, twenty nine.
0: So nine years into your marriage, something shifts in Chris. Um, yeah, that he's like, okay, let's he, try. To have yeah, he
1: was like, okay, you know. I'm willing to give it a shot. Like yeah. it's still terrifying. Yeah. And I'm like, I love your honesty. You yeah. know, but it like I'm super excited. Um, great. So then six months goes by, you know, a year goes by.
0: And you try. Yeah, you try. Nothing's happening. Yep.
1: Yeah. And um I uh I went in and started like going to the doctors to mm-hmm. see if they could figure out what was going on. We were both tested. And everything was coming back normal. Yep. And so my doctors were just like, you know, I think, I think it's just going to take you a little while. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. and still nothing, still nothing, still nothing. Yeah. Um, we moved back to Minnesota. Um, and then in December of 2000, I don't remember what year it was now. It was two years ago. So 2015. Yep. Um, I hadn't been feeling well for a couple of weeks, yeah. and um, so about four or five days before Christmas, I took a pregnancy test, and I was pregnant. Yeah. And I think we were like shocked. we'd been trying to get pregnant for four years, and nothing had happened. Yeah. And very excited, yeah, but kind of in shock. And then three days later, on Christmas Eve, I miscarried.
0: On Christmas Eve. I was about six weeks, yeah. So it was no early. Way. Yeah.
1: Christmas Eve, it was the year we launched, Minneapolis. Yeah. So we spent most of the day in um urgent care. And then Chris dropped me off at home and came to help with service and then came home to get me and we went to Christmas Eve service with his family. We hadn't told anybody we were pregnant, so we yeah. weren't gonna say anything to anybody. Yep. Um and Oh, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. That was really rough. So yeah. we made it through Christmas and we had a trip to go see family the day after Christmas, made it there and back. It was rough though.
0: Yeah. Super, yeah, yeah. super challenging. My yeah. my wife and I um, having two daughters now in between them and you know this, but we miscarried yeah. Yeah. and I don't, I, I for sure did not know the pain of miscarriage until you experience yeah. it. Yeah. you, uh, you don't, I mean, you just can't, you can't understand that feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, and at the same time I can't fathom, uh, or, or try to compare my experience of miscarriage to yours in that you don't have kids and you had tried for four years. I don't know where you're pregnant. And then before you even get the chance to tell people, um, and so obviously your family knows now, Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope they do. Yeah. (laughs) No, we've been pretty open about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so what was it like sharing with your family? Hey, this happened. And obviously you got a big family and they're surrounding you. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, I think on one hand I was still processing it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm typically between Chris and I, I'm um, pretty open about my life. I would tell anybody pretty much anything about my life. He's more private. Um, But I just didn't want to ruin Christmas for people. Yeah. And I was just still, I think, reeling from it. Yeah. And just trying to process it. And I remember the next day being at my family's house, and we always spend a little bit of time on Christmas Day. And um, we just go around the room and talk about, because it's like Christmas is where you're celebrating yeah. Jesus' birthday. Yeah. You're sort of talking about, like, what has Jesus meant to you this year? Or what, you know, what do you appreciate about? Jesus. Yeah.
0: And you're not looking remember, forward to your time to talk. But I,
1: no, I was like overwhelmed by how faithful he is. Really? You would think that like, after losing this child I had prayed for, for so many years, that that would not be, I mean, I was emotional and no one knew I was emotional, but I remember just but saying God gratitude. is faithful. I oh, felt yeah. him so close and let wow. peace. The peace I had was like unexplainable. Wow. Like I was so sad. And the process of healing and recovery was long. Yeah. I feel like it took me a year before I could really let go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I we told our families gradually, kind of over the next few weeks or months, um, and just let them know yep. what had happened. Um, and they cried with us and mm-hmm. um but yeah, it was it was a weird couple months though. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna lie, it was yeah, and, and- a weird place to be.
0: And a whole year, and you'll—I mean—you'll never forget it. But a whole year of yeah, letting go and being able to move forward.
1: Well, and you know, I mean, Kaylee can probably resonate with this a little bit. Of course, you know, you lose a baby, and then in the six weeks that follow, six friends tell you tell you that they're pregnant. Right? I mean, that's just guaranteed, right? Yeah. And so then watching all of them have their babies, yeah. And I think it was really hard the following fall to watch them give birth to those children and be like well, how come I didn't get to keep my baby?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah,
1: that's, it's heartbreaking
0: to see that. And, you know, it's even challenging for me in this conversation because we hold a miracle in our arms now, you know, totally. And I don't know, I don't know um, why everything happens on this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing uh, and just piece of, a piece of peace. Uh, <laughs> one thi- thing that brought me peace and it, and it sounds almost sick and twisted, but when we miscarried, I, I almost felt this, um this gratitude, not that this happened, but gratitude that God would choose us. I, I, I view my goal as a parent to get my kids to heaven. Mm-hmm. So as a dad, I want to do everything possible. my, highest goal is that they would make an impact for the kingdom of God while they're on mm-hmm. this planet, but that they would make it to heaven. So yeah. that's my goal. Yeah. God created us to worship him. Yeah. And I'm trying to get my kids to heaven. So that's yeah. my goal. I can't save them. Right. But I can teach them and I can right. lead the way and I can lead by yeah. example. Um, and this is where it sounds sick and twisted, but for us, we got one there, you know? Yeah. And we have a kid in heaven. Uh, Who made it, you know? And they're in the best place, Mm -hmm. and and here's what's crazy. So we met that goal. We have one kid in heaven, right? And the goal of them making an impact for the kingdom of God while they're on this earth, even though that kid's not here anymore, the story and the ministry that has come out of that miscarriage is really great. The same goes for you.
1: One hundred percent. You have a kid in
0: heaven, and you are the mother. And Chris is the father yeah. and the ministry that has come out of you guys in the marriages and the women, um, and yeah, is great and yeah. is going to continue to be great. And so that kid has impact on this earth Absolutely. for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And we get to see our kids in heaven, yeah, uh, which yeah. is, which is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not to make it feel all heavy, but I don't that's, think that that's
1: yeah. sadistic. I totally get that.
0: Yeah. I just feel that I feel a, a sense of gratitude, you know, yeah. God chose us um, to walk through that so that and he you know, still
1: cares for I, that child. yeah, right? and you I don't, I think it's
0: again, I think part of what makes it sound sick is that God chose us just like to get the kid to heaven. I don't think God's like, you know, the people that are like, yep, God just needed another heart harp, a harp <laughs> player in heaven, you know, like yeah no, that's not what he needed, but yeah, that is that's we were created to be worshipers of God. Um, for eternity, you know, and so we got one there. Um, and so your journey after miscarriage, uh, to where you are now, what's that been like?
1: Um, so I think, you know, the year following was, um, kind of had, had its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Um, and now we're, you know, two and a half years past that. Yep. Um, since then, I think we've gotten some answers, which have been a huge relief for me. Yeah. Great. Um, so I've had surgery a year and a half ago. I've had some other diagnosis. So I think that's been really helpful. Um, God, another story, I won't go into it, but re- brought me into this office of this doctor that I think was just more proactive than other doctors I'd been or just more yeah. experienced. And she was just able to help us figure some things out. Yeah. Great. Um, still don't, I think they thought we would get pregnant after surgery. Yep. Um, and that hasn't happened, but, mm-hmm. um, it's a waiting game and it's, I mean, I always like to say, you know, 85% of the time I'm just fine and my life is normal. Yeah. Another 15% of the time or 10% or 5% depending on the month.
2: It's yep.
1: really, really, really hard. Yeah. Um, I think the older I get, um, I'm going to be 36 in October. Mm-hmm. I think that clock starts ticking really, really loud mm-hmm. and not just a biological clock, just my own personal clock of how I want my life to go. Yep. You know, it's, it's not gone the way that i wanted it to go in that in that area yeah and that's really hard to let go of
0: so. yeah and and i know that you guys believe this but god is with you in it all the time um, he's with you all the time and uh as long as you guys are believing and trying um kaylee and i are going to be believing thank you uh for you and thank praying you. for you thank you uh and believe that god can do it god he can, can do anything it. if yeah. he
1: can the virgin mary can conceive a baby totally. and have Jesus, right?
0: Yeah, totally. And Any illness or sickness yeah. is
1: not going to stay in his yeah. way.
0: There's, there's stories of people whose clocks, if you will, were yeah. way overdue <laughs> uh, and they gave birth. I'm not saying you give birth. I'm really hoping 90. it's not that long. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: But I mean, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier. I just think that again, my life here mm-hmm. is to bring glory to God. Yep. So, if God can do more with me and what he has for me does not include children, then I think that I want to get to a place where I can fully accept that and run with what he has for me. Yeah. You know, cause I believe that he is a good father and that he wants to give me good things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm believing that what he has then is better. Yep. In terms of like the glory that he will get from it. Right. Yeah. Eternally it will be better. It might be hard here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, I say that, Cause like, that's the answer. Right. Yeah. And I know that, but it's a lot harder to fully yeah, believe that and live that out. And that's yeah, you, what I'm trying to get to.
0: But as long as you keep saying that, and yeah. as long as you guys stay close husband and wife yeah. and close yeah. to the Lord, yeah. then I think that that's what helps move people forward right. through challenge um, Absolutely. your story, your journey, uh, your business, uh, the, the skill that you have, the way that you guys live your life, uh, within the local church for people uh, and even the challenge of what you just shared, I think is going to inspire a lot of people. There's people listening to this that are in the middle of their darkest days, you know, and um, you are walking through challenge even now um, in believing for the miracle that you've been praying for for a long time. Yeah. And, but even in that somebody on the other end of this is they're going to be encouraged, um, to either step out into something they've been dreaming about. Um, they're going to be encouraged that, you know, if, if Kate can live the way she does uh, with the challenge that she's faced, yeah. I can do it too, you know? Yeah. Um, and so God is using it for sure. And yeah, thank you for being who you are because you inspire. I know you inspire my wife um, and for her watching you live your life and, and you and Chris um, has made her a better, woman you know and it's made her a better wife you know i say that as her husband um and so we are extremely grateful for you uh you individually but you and chris as a couple uh we think the world of you guys and are really really grateful so
1: we love you guys too so
0: yeah and thanks for being on the podcast today not to like wrap it hard but (laughs) we ask everybody uh we ask everybody on the podcast what their favorite book is and so if you have a favorite book well that's easy um, for me yeah are you gonna say the bible no (laughs) Uh, okay, great. That's the
1: Christianese answer. Yeah, great. Um I love Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah, I just I've feel, never read
0: it. I said yeah like I've read it. I've read it probably read it. Eh,
1: like 10 times. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Favorite.
0: That's your favorite. Favorite
1: book I go back to it over and over. There's no other book besides the Bible that yep. I go back to and read over and over again. Yeah. Um I think I just could always relate to Elizabeth Bennet. She just kind of was like the odd duck and, you know. Yeah. And Jane Austen's sense of humor of making fun of culture at the same time while living in it and not being bitter about it just was like I just love it. It's a really funny book, actually.
0: Awesome. (laughs) I'm. uh, I can confidently say I'll never read it. Um, But (laughs) but I'm really glad that you love it. I'm really glad you love it. I really love it. I'll watch the movie maybe. Great. Good. Maybe not. I don't know. Is it like <laughs> is it like a four hour movie? I feel like Pride and Prejudice. I've seen um, multiple. I think Keira Knightley tapes.
1: did a shorter version of it. That's okay, cute. so th- yeah. so there's like an actual yeah. like two hour movie. Yeah, but the book it's just her writing that I just love.
0: So. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last question, and then we can go. But uh, one piece of advice that you'd give to anybody following in your footsteps, and it could be in marriage, it could be in business, it could be art.
1: I think be careful not to plan your life out too much. Yeah. What do so you mean? So that could be your business, your life. I think, I think it's good to be intentional mm-hmm. and to have goals, mm-hmm. but be flexible knowing that things could change yep. and it might be better than what you planned. Yeah. Right. Or even I think people want, like if you're choosing a career path, say you're like, okay, I'm going to go to graphic design school and yep. I'm going to become a graphic designer like no sometimes i think the weight of making a decision like that is so heavy mm-hmm. and know that that might change like i'm on my third career yeah so it's okay to pick something and give it your best and if it changes it doesn't mean you failed so like go into yep. it and be like this is where i am yeah this is what i'm doing right now right yep and i have goals yeah that are going to help lead me but if something changes you don't want to like miss that if it's something better right Totally. Be willing to change.
0: Yeah, and not
1: feel like a failure if
0: you do change. Yeah. yeah totally. Exactly. Exactly. Don't plan your life out too much. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's not that's not a tagline that I, I use. I'm not ever, like but.
1: quite quite that um flippant about it, I think. But yeah. Just you know No, I think, I no but it's have goals, but be flexible. Your point
0: is yeah. well made. Yeah. That uh, yeah, you're on your third career and yeah. God's doing great things through yeah. it. I'm really blessed. Uh, yeah. And it's not the first plan you put out there.
1: It is not the first plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long way down the list. It's crazy. Yeah. Well,
0: Kate, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at exceptionpodcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace.